Welcome to Daily Living. My name is Shirley, and here on Daily Living, we focus on our daily walk with Christ. I sometimes refer to myself as a follower of Christ. And the reason for that is I choose to live my life according to the teachings of the Holy Spirit and not by man's doctrine. So if you are a babe in Christ, if you're searching for the Lord and you feel lost, then you are in the right place. I pray that God uses me as a mouthpiece to bring you to Jesus Christ. Amen? In today's episode, I am going to talk about witchcraft. And this started from last weekend. I decided that I was going to do a staycation. And what it means is I just get a hotel that's by the beach. I'm in Miami. And I get a hotel and, you know, I just kind of remove distractions, spend some time with God. If I have to do anything, I will. But most of the time, I really just kind of relax, pray, seek the Lord seek direction and after really looking through and trying to see what hotel I wanted I decided to get something that I know that I would feel comfortable in and so when I decided on the day that I was supposed to check in before I even walked into the hotel I got a sense that there was a lot going on somebody even asked me if I was part of a group which I was like, no, but I thought, hmm, I wonder what's going on this weekend. So as I completed my check-in, you know, process, um, I started to make my way up to my room. And on the way, I can see people just kind of walking really fast, like they have somewhere to go and they have these like um, name tags around their necks. And I was like, oh, this must be the group that these other young ladies was asking me if I was a part of. So I went upstairs and I came back down to ask some questions or um, I was trying to find the um, pool. And as I came down, I came down with a a few um, people and they all seemed like they were part of the same group because they were all wearing the same um, tag. So I started to ask questions in the elevator and I'm like, hey, what kind of a retreat is this? And they told me it was a spiritual retreat. And so what I understood was I started asking questions. I'm like, a spiritual retreat? Is that, you know, you guys Christians? Because now I'm a little excited. I'm like, what? Is there a Christian retreat going on? And they were like, no, it's a spiritual ascension retreat. And I thought to myself, huh, 
And they said, yes, it's a school. It's an online school that they are all a part of. And they come here for them to have like, I guess, a retreat or some type of ceremony or whatnot. So I Googled the school and I was surprised. They were all witches. Witches. And so even though I had already kind of gathered enough information, um, I still wanted to ask questions. And so I got the opportunity to talk to one of the gentlemen and I was asking him more like, hey, can you tell me more about this? And they're like, oh, um, what he ended up telling me was there was about a hundred of them, a hundred people. So there has to be more, but it's a hundred of them that gathered together and, you know, they're having a retreat, they're meeting together. And obviously they have like, you know, itineraries because everybody's kind of rushing up to their rooms and coming back down like they forgot something. And so I was just like, okay. So I go back to my room and I said, Lord, what are the odds that I would come to do my own godly retreat with you? And here is a witch coven, because it's a whole lot of them, having their own retreat at the same hotel. What are the odds? I'll be totally transparent. My first thought was to leave. But then I started thinking about the covenant that God did. I started thinking about what I've been learning about covenants lately. And because I'm still studying, uh, still reading up or listening to um, pastors about covenants, one of the things that I discovered was God's intention with blessing Abraham's bloodline. Because even though it is not recorded in the Bible, the Bible do say that Terah picked up all of his family from Ur and started making way to Canaan. Canaan is the promised land that God told Abraham. But in on his way to Canaan, he stopped at Haran and ended up staying there. And the Bible tells us that he died there. So when we read Genesis 12, where God calls Abram, Abram was living in Haran, where his father died. And now God now tells him, hey, Abram, come to the land which I promise you, which was the land of Canaan. So I believe that God first called Terah, Abram's father, to Canaan. But Terah allowed the enemy to distract him. Now, I don't know where in scripture it says, but it is well known that Terah was an idol maker. He had an idol shop. So it's safe to say that Terah allowed the enemy to distract him and he started listening to other voices. 
So he was not able to walk in his destiny. And so instead of God choosing another bloodline, God just brought it down to his seed, Abram. And Abram was obedient and did everything that our father asked him to do. And then when I think of the covenant, where he asked Abram to cut the animals in half, which was part of their practice for um, doing a covenant, a contract, an agreement. The Bible tells us that a fire came appeared out of nowhere. A fiery pot, I think is it used, came out of nowhere and walked between the the um the pieces of the carcass that Abram had cut, which is part, which is literally like signing a contract. But what we find is Abram wasn't nowhere to be found. Only God walked through those pieces. So God made a covenant with himself. God said, this covenant is on me. And God never fails. This is where my mind went. And when I started thinking about the covenant that God did with Abram, his intentionality to making sure that this bloodline was blessed. I said, well, if I'm in God's hands, who's going to take me out of it? Who is more powerful than my father, Yahweh? Who is stronger in strength than my God, Jehovah? No one. And so I stood on that covenant that night. I said, Lord, cover me with your blood. Cover this room. And I went to sleep like a baby. Because I was reminded of whose I was. I was reminded of what he did to make sure that nobody can take me from him. I am in covenant with my father. Who can come against me? Who can come against him? So I went to sleep. The next morning, I went downstairs. I don't remember for what, but I might have went to go look for breakfast. Yes, I went downstairs to look for breakfast. I wanted um, coffee. And as I was going back up to my room, I got in the elevator and immediately there was this smell. And I remember asking myself, like, what what is that smell? Then I remembered it's a water that um, I know. I don't know if everybody used them, but I know witches use them. Okay, it's a it smells really good. It's very perfumey. And I know that they and they use like rose petals and they give you supposedly blessings baths. And from the look of it, and there was like a rose petal there, everything just kind of told me it reminded me that they were there because I forgot. And it also um, confirmed that they were over there doing rituals. And so 
I went back upstairs and I just kind of started thinking about it again. Like, my goodness, these people are downstairs doing rituals. They're doing spells. And and I just started talking to God about it. And here is what I heard in my spirit. What I heard in my spirit was, and this is how I know it was God, because this is not a scripture that I have ever even read. I've heard people say it before, but I never understood that scripture. And so there's a lot of times where there's scriptures, they're kind of vague to me because I've never read them. And because of that, I would, it's not a scripture that I know how to pull out of me. So I'm not going to say it because I don't really know it. Okay. So I normally just kind of stick to what I know. Right. And so when something, a, a scripture that I know that I don't use come up in my spirit, then I know that it's the Holy Spirit. It's not me because I don't talk like that. And so what I heard in my spirit is thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. And this is Exodus twenty-two eighteen. I have heard the scripture before, but I never understood what that meant. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. So basically what he's saying is you shouldn't let a witch live. And because some people find it to be harsh. I looked up the word suffer. I actually wanted to look up the word suffer because that's what kind of always throws me off about this is the word suffer there. Because I'm like, I don't understand why you shall not suffer a witch to live. But what it's actually saying is you shall not suffer for a witch to be alive to be sustained, to live prosper, 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 to be prosperous, to be revived, to, um, to be revived, to be quickened from sickness, from discouragement, from faintness. So the suffer to live here can mean literal death. It can also mean death of your finances. It could be death of your emotions. It could be death of your health. It could be because when you think about it, joy, the Bible says that Jesus is the prince of peace. So all those that are looking for peace outside of Christ, you're not going to find real joy. And for some of us, we're so real joy is so foreign to us that we don't even know. We think that we're we're um, at joy. We think that we're at peace. But you've never experienced real peace until you come with Christ. That's just what it is. And so he shall not suffer a witch to be revived. So what I'm saying is when you go to, if any of you guys have ever been to a psychic or all these people, one thing I've always noticed is how miserable they always look. They're always tired. They lack sleep. They are not fresh. They're not revived. And those are the people that are like really deep into it. But peace doesn't come from that. So you might want to say, how did I figure that these people were 
a witch. Okay. Let me break it down a little bit. So their class, what they were teaching them is crystals. How to use crystals. How to use crystals for healing. That is one of the classes. They're teaching you about sage. They're teaching you about astrology. They're teaching you about fortune telling, how to read the times. They're teaching you about these things in in a way to help you to get more spiritually enlightened is what they call it. But the thing about the reason why they are lost is because they're looking for something. They're looking, they're lacking something. Usually they're lacking peace. They're lacking direction. They're lacking joy. They're lacking something. They're empty. And they figured my best solution, the best option that I have right now is to seek a higher, a higher sense of self. Maybe that will help me. But what they don't realize is they turn to the devil and they become witches thinking that they're doing something, that they're putting blessings on their lives but they're not. Now, on surface, they may seem like they're doing well. On surface, they may even have money, but at what cost? This is the reason why you find a lot of people that are wealthy are not happy. Money does not buy happiness. And those people, they are just empty. And I felt for them that morning. After I really sat down and really pondered on what was probably happening down there, my heart went to every last one of them. Because I used to be that person. I didn't join a class, but I was seeking freedom. I was seeking a way out. Of where I felt like I was. I was seeking. I, I, I was empty. And I didn't know. That God. Was this way. So I never even thought about him. I figured. The only way. Is for me to continue to get. In a higher place. Spiritually. And so I sought out astrology. I sought out these things, horoscopes. I sought out these things, psychics, because I thought this is what's going to bring me to a place of enlightenment. So I feel for them. I used to be them. But that was before I found Christ. Because when I found Christ, he started to explain to me that all of everything was an abomination unto him. So let's read Exodus 20 verses 4 to 6, where God says, now remember, God made a covenant with Abram. He made a covenant with Abram and 
his seed. So you and I, as the seed of Abram, that covenant is for us. The blessings of Abraham is our inheritance. But here are the terms of the covenant. Here's one of the terms of the covenant. Exodus 4, Exodus 20 verses 4 to 6 says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Let's pause on that one. He said he will punish the children for the sins of your parents. Some of you, including myself, is suffering for the sins of your parents. It could be the sin of your your parent, your grandparent, your great-grandparents. Some of us are suffering for those sins because we have come we have breached the contract with God. Our bloodline has breached the contract with God. You see how God operates? You could do something to him and he said, "I'm going to let you live, continue to live your life, but your children and your children's children are going to pay the consequences of what you did." So again, it says, I am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those, oh my gosh, of those who hate me. Every time, every time we disobey God, we're telling God, I hate you. Every time we breach the contract, we're telling God, I hate you. I don't love you, God. I don't appreciate you. I'm not grateful for you. That's what we tell God when we disobey him. Wow. But showing love to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You know, I was, I'm reminded of something. I was watching a video about different, a lot of companies are coming out and people are saying how a lot of company companies are being very vocal about where they stand when it comes to Christ. And they are very much promoting. It's not uncommon anymore for people, for you to hear people praise Satan. It's not uncommon. You know, you see it now. It's in your face. And you know, I was watching a video about a company that was saying that God was telling, you know, this young lady that, hey, I don't want you um, associated with this company anymore because they are demonic. And I remember in my heart, I was, I said, God, your enemy is my enemy. 
Anybody that blasphemes God is not only God's enemy, doesn't only hate you, they hate that not only do they hate God, but they hate you too. They're not only God's enemy, they're your enemy too. So anytime we disobey God, we are telling God that we hate him. But at the same time, when we are obedient to him and show him love, he will show us love to a thousand generation of those who love me. Some people, even though they have done wrong, the obedience of their parents is still speaking for them today. Isn't God wonderful? This is why it's important to pray the obedience of their parent. They may not even know God. They may not have never had anything, never prayed, but because their parents prayed for them, because their great grandparents, their great, great grandparents have prayed for the seeds in, in the generation to come that they are blessed because of it, because they love God. And we see that all throughout scripture where God will say, because of the promise I made to Abraham, I will not completely destroy you. So why is witchcraft so bad? Think of it this way. There is one road to heaven. There's one good path. There's one straight path. It is a path of light. It is a path of truth. It is a path that is going to take you to everything good. But on that same path, there are millions, trillions of other little paths that comes off of it that you can take. And those paths will take you to everything bad. It will never take you to anything good. But the devil is never going to show up and tell you I'm the devil. Except for now, sometimes, like, I mean, it's in your face. I I don't even understand. But the devil will come and tell you, hey, this is a great road. If you want to find yourself, come this way. Come off of this road of light. There's a shorter way. There's a shorter route for you to get there. Let me show you how you can heal yourself. And this is what happens to a lot of these people. They go and find these short alternative routes to find understanding, to find purpose, to find direction. And in the process, what they're doing is they're coming outside of the will of God. Why? Because they're telling God that I don't need you. I got this. I can do this all by myself. And whenever you tell God that, what you're doing is you're breaching the contract. You're breaching, you're going against the terms of the contract. And so you tell God, I don't, I I, I really don't need you. I got this. I am God. I had somebody tell me that he is God. God is in him. The deception is real, you guys. I got to a point. 
I got in a conversation with someone and I got to the point and I started to ask God, why? Why do you have me here and you want me to talk? Everybody is in their own heads with no understanding. You know what? I was told. And I love when they ask that question. I love and hate when they ask that question. But they'll ask me, who wrote the Bible? I've been doing my research. Who wrote the Bible? And my rebuttal, which the Holy Spirit gave me one day. But my rebuttal is, who wrote all the books that you've been reading? Didn't the man write them too? It's like common sense. You're coming against the Bible based on books that men wrote too. And it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the idea is that we have a generation that is full of knowledge. We are in a generation that's full of knowledge. Like, actually, I think it was Daniel. Oh my goodness. I don't think I have that scripture. It was Daniel, I believe, that said... That in the last days, there was going to be, in the last days, there was going to be an increase of knowledge. I studied that scripture. Yes, I studied that scripture, I think on Wednesday, because a friend of mine gave me that scripture. And when I studied that scripture, I always believed that the increase of knowledge that we're experiencing right now is it. This is what Daniel was talking about. But when I study deeper, what I realize is the knowledge that we have now is it's a mixture of truth and a lot of deception, a lot of deception. It is not the the knowledge I believe that Daniel was talking about in his book. The knowledge that I read in the scripture when I broke down knowledge, what What I understood is it is the knowledge of Christ. We're not there. We definitely do not have a knowledge of Christ. There is no knowledge of the Holy Spirit. There is no knowledge of truth. There's knowledge. There's a lot of information, a lot of false information, a lot of information that make people think that they themselves are God, that they can manifest whatever they want, that there is no God. This is deception, not knowledge. So we're still living in the days of Hosea 4, 6, where we just lack knowledge because people want the fast way. People want the fast food version of scripture. They want the fast food version of getting the, what is it? Getting the wisdom of God. So they go the back way. They go through the back door. But the devil's waiting for them at the back door. So all those things, beloved, if you didn't know, astrology is demonic. It's not of God. Horoscopes is not of God. Crystals is not of God. These are all witchcraft practices. And the reason why they are not of God is because you are now seeking your identity in those things. 
When the Bible says, come to Christ and he will renew your mind, your identity stands in God because he tells us, for I know the plans that I have for you. He knows what he's planning on doing with you. He knows the gifts. He knows the things that he has put in you. He knows that what you can withstand and he knows your destiny. Because by you walking your destiny, right, you're able to do the work of God. But when we seek other means to find out who we are, then we are going, we're not putting God first. We are breaking the commandments in Exodus 24 to 6. That you shall not make for yourself. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. A lot of us, we reverence, we'll turn to our horoscope before we even pick up the Bible to read it. Before we even pray. And the problem with the horoscope is the horoscope is telling you, it's fortune telling. It's telling you about about secrets and mysteries that you should only be getting from God. It's not that God doesn't want you to have this mystery if it's his will for you to have it, for you to know it. But you got to seek him to get these mysteries. And so with witchcraft, what we do is we impose our will on people and we turn to God. We turn to these things to find purpose. We turn to these things to find out who we are rather than going to God, the one that created us. What we are doing is equivalent to me going to me having a Toyota, a Toyota Camry. I have a Toyota Camry and I don't understand how to really operate the Toyota Camry. So instead of going to Toyota and say, hey, Toyota, y'all created this. How am I supposed to use this button, this button, this button? What does this do? What does this do? No, what I do is I take the car to Jeep and I ask Jeep, how do I use a Toyota Camry? This is what we do. We go to, now they can probably help you out and tell you some things, but not the true intention of why your Toyota Camry was created. Only the creator knows why, know the thought process of why he created you. It's like a table. If you are a carpenter and you are building a table, you already know in your mind why you're building this table. So the table, if the table wants to figure out, why did you make me this way? Why do I have four legs? Why? You would go to the carpenter and the carpenter is going to tell you, I thought of you for this when I was creating you. Because before you were created, you were a thought. Somebody had to think of you. Somebody had to make plans for you. There had to be a purpose why you were created. No one in this earth is created for no reason. 
even though we may want to think that, but God created every Jeremiah 29 11 says, for I know the plans that I have for you. God had a plan when he made you. So how are we going to the things that are created? I hear people talk all the time about the universe. The universe was created. It is not a creator. It didn't create itself. Instead of praising the universe, why are we not looking for who created the universe? The universe is beautiful. It is beyond what we could even imagine. But who created it? It didn't create itself. So how are we praising the universe? How are we saying, oh, hell, you, how are we saying these things? Every time we do that, we're telling God, I hate you. And the people that's going to suffer is going to be your generation. You may not see the repercussions of it, but your seeds, your children, your children's children will feel the repercussions of hating God, of turning away from God. And this is the world that we are in now. We have all this knowledge, but no understanding. And so everybody is just is just looking for stuff. But the reason why everybody is looking for stuff is because they're empty. They're looking for purpose. They want to feel full. So when I had that conversation with God and I said, Lord, what is the point? Because I felt like the deception has gone so bad that... I can talk to someone and they can perceive me as being a devil without ever taking the time to really study scripture. And this is the time that we're in. And I'm like, we're not in real knowledge. Truth only comes from whatever aligns with God. Anything apart from that is deception. That's truth. It could make sense to me. It can be like, oh, okay, I get it. It doesn't mean that it's truth. If it doesn't line up with God, it doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what my experiences are, what my opinions. It doesn't matter any of that. Only thing that matters is, does it line up with God's word? If it does, and even if it doesn't, then I have to seek the Lord about understanding. Why are you saying this like that? Which is what I had to do with the Exodus 28, um, 8, 22, 18. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. That don't make any sense to me. Why would God say that? Until he started to get me to understand why he would say that. You know, yesterday I was watching this cartoon that my sister has me watching. It's like an adult cartoon. Um, and it's uh, a lot of superheroes. And this superhero young man was called to go on a mission to help astronauts go to Mars. 
And his mission was to make sure that they went and came back safely. That was his mission. So as he, and he was to not be seen as well. So let me say that. So as he is, you know, going through the mission, he, he's a young boy. He's like 17, you know, and he loses the astronauts and realizes that they were kidnapped by Martian men. So when he goes and try to find them, he encounters these weird looking animals, these things, and they're like jumping on him. And he's like pulling them off and he's annoyed. And so finally he meets the Martian people and they take him to the king and they're surprised. They're like, why are you not affected by these um, things, these weird things? And what he, they were saying was that these animals or whatever they were, they are looking for host. And when they look for a host, they take you and it's like when once they find a host, they spread like wildfire. And just like that, they can overtake like a whole a whole planet. And he was saying they were saying that we found these humans. We're going to kill them because they are very susceptible to these animals taking over them. And so the boy, you know, he's a superhero. He's like, well, you know, I'm on a mission to make sure that they get back to Earth, you know, safely. So I'm, I, ha- I can't let you guys do that. And so he goes, he fights them off, takes the astronauts, put them back in the um, spaceship or whatever it's called um, and send them off. And at the very end, after they were sent off, you see that one of the one of the men was affected by this animal and and he was yeah he was affected and so at the end you saw that one of it had already replicated and took over the martians planet while they were leaving and they didn't even realize that that all of this happened i'm saying this to say that the reason why a lot of times god will demand especially in first samuel 28 3 where no it's um first samuel 15 3 where god says now go and smite amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not but slay both men women infant and suckling ox and sheep camel and ass and what god was doing was exactly what those martian men were doing we are susceptible to these demons, right? They're looking for host and we are the perfect candidate. We are the only, not the only, but we are the perfect candidate. And so they try. So by letting just one get away, it can overtake the entire planet. And this is what God was protecting his people from. He was like, If you let just one of them come in, if you just let one, it'll take over all the people. They will take over the people. And this is what this knowledge is, this false deceptive knowledge is doing. It's taking over the land. You let one be accepted. And before you know it, everybody now is into serving their own selves. Everybody now 
refuses to submit to God, but they want to be God. And so we are constantly breaking the covenant with God, constantly telling God, God, I don't love you. We are constantly telling God that. Every time we take matters into our own hands, every time we feel like, well, I don't think God can do it. So I'm going to do it myself. Every time we do that, we tell God that we can do it ourselves. So, yes, I told God, what's the point? What is the point of you having me talk when these people are they seem like they're too far gone? Everybody is regurgitating. People are worshiping ancestors. Instead of God, people are saying that voodoo is a culture and is good. I don't know what to do. I felt like this whole weekend I was bombarded with things and I was just like, Lord, what is the point? Why am I here? I might as well just save myself. Like this is what it feels like. Save myself. Why do I need to go and talk to people that clearly has made up their minds about who they want to serve, which is themselves. But then God had me talk to a friend of mine that reminded me of Daniel, the book of Daniel that said there would be an increase in knowledge. That time didn't come yet. There's going to be an increase in knowledge of God, of Christ, of light, true light. Why? Because all those people that are seeking alternative options, alternative measures, a lot of them are going to get to a point where they realize that it's not working for them either. Just like it did for me. They're going to realize that I'm not really happy. They're going to hit rock bottom. And this is when it's going to be important for us to be in position to speak the truth to them. This is when there's going to be an increase in knowledge. This is when. All of this is going to happen. Those of us that are being taught. This is when all of this is going to happen. This is Daniel 12, 4, where it talks about the knowledge will increase. All of this is going to happen. Because then we're going to start to understand that witchcraft is imposing your will and the difference between witchcraft and like let's say the difference between casting a spell for instance in prayer is when I pray I don't pray my will I pray the Lord's will so anytime I say something I said Lord I want you to deliver I want you to heal I want you to protect I want you to guard I want you to lead according to your will Lord According to your will and not mine, but yours. Let your will be done. We give it back to God. Because anytime we don't pray God's will, we are praying our own will on somebody. And that is even considered witchcraft. But there's going to be a time where all those that are lost are going to be looking 
for truth. They're going to look at the Christians and be like, why they always seem so happy? Like you guys have joy for real. This is why one of the ways that you minister to people is not with words. You don't have to say a word to people sometimes. They just have to see you and be like, why are you so happy? Because they're miserable. And they may not come and talk to you right away, but they're watching you. They are observing you. And they're like, this person, there's just this joy about this person. Every time I say, what, what, what are you into? And sometimes they don't even have to be that. Maybe somebody else is like, oh, that person's a Christian. She's always happy. She's always in a good mood. And they can be like, well, what's with this Christian thing? Maybe I should try that. And this is what the Lord told me. This was my revelation. Don't worry about how people take you when you speak. Don't worry about whether people listen to you or not. Just do it. Just do it. Because there will be a time where all of this fast food that's going on with spirituality is going to die out. It has no nutritional value. And people are going to start looking for healthier options. They're going to look for healthier options. And when they do, I would have already placed my people in position and ready to give them the truth of God. And this, beloved, is when the, the scripture of Daniel 12.4 is going to come to light. This is when there's going to be an increase of knowledge of Christ, increase of knowledge of the truth. Increase of knowledge of the real one and only way to God. Instead of these many roads that they would have you believe in. That is all a deception. Because the Bible tells us that the devil will come like an angel of light. He's a deceiver. He's a deceiver. And so he only can copy what God has already done. That's all he could do. He copies what God already did. Not create his own thing, his own process. So he's going to come and tell you, hey, find this road. But there is a God. Our God is intentional about you he is intentional about me he's not gonna give up just like he didn't give up when Tara stopped he didn't give up on the bloodline he went and found Abram and if it wasn't for Abram he went and found another bloodline but he said Abram Abram had to do it God is intentional about you He's intentional about your salvation. He's a forgiving God. So even though you've been swearing at him, you've been telling him that you don't love him, even though he sacrificed and died for you, he still is giving you the opportunity to repent 
So beloved, if you have found yourself in any of these occult practices that I mentioned, if you've been reading your horoscope, if you've been looking at astrology, reading the signs, reading the stars, if you have put your focus on anything but God, just say, Lord, I repent. I have sinned against you. I have sought alternative means apart from you. I have tried to be God in my life. I repent. And I submit my will, my thoughts, my emotion, my body to you and only you, Jesus. To you. To lead my life according to your will, not mine's. Amen. God loves you, beloved. He is intentional about you. He don't play about you. But he needs you to choose him today. He needs you to choose him and only him to serve him wholeheartedly. Because this is the time where those of us that are called to speak need to be in position. Because when the world goes dark and they realize that they are still unhappy in their pursuit of being enlightened, they're going to come in turn to Christ. And you, beloved, will be the one that God will use to bring them back into the road that leads to all things good. Amen? Before we end, why don't you say this prayer with me? Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe that he died for my sin and that he was raised from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is alive today. I choose to follow, obey, accept your son Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, guide my life and help me to do your will. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, beloved, I pray that this message blessed you as it has blessed me. Until next time.